Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Now, we started the 2022-23 season in South Africa with some optimism. We received good rains that supported uh, production at the primary level. And farmers, yes, the season was delayed because of excessive rains, but they managed to plant to an extent that I was saying that this year we could see this sector showing positive growth. And on food price inflation for the consumer side, we also thought that uh, we could see inflation softening. Because in the past year, we saw in South Africa consumer food price inflation averaging at around about 9.5%. And we thought this year that could cool off to levels around about 55 to 6%. And this was based, of course, on the fact that we'll be coming from a higher base, but also uh, the domestic agricultural conditions were generally positive. But over the past uh, uh, week or two, it seems that uh, the energy shortages in South Africa have actually worsened. And now load shedding or blackouts is posing serious risk in the food security and uh, food markets in general in South Africa. But I think before we talk about those things, it's important that we perhaps maybe reflect on the primary agricultural sector's dependence on the energy supply. And I think the, the, the rough measure of that will be the area at which we irrigate uh, across the country to say how many farmers actually irrigate or how much of the key crops that we consume are actually under irrigation. And if you were to consider just the staples here, think about maize, for example, which is a staple food in South Africa. About 20% of it is produced under irrigation. 80% it's rain-fed. It depends on these good rains that I was talking about, which have assisted us a lot. And the crop is looking relatively um, in good conditions, especially if one were to look at it before this heat wave that we saw in the past week um, and, and a couple of days. On soybeans, about 15% of it is produced under irrigation. Sugarcane, about a third of it is produced under irrigation. On wheat, about half of it is produced under irrigation. But wheat is a different case because right now we are harvesting it and it will be planted again around about April, May. So in the harvesting period, it's a winter crop. All of the other crops are currently in season. If you think about our fruits and vegetables, we also rely heavily on irrigation there. In the protein space, in livestock, Red meat, a lot of it, uh, uh, it needs it needs a, 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 a electricity because if you think about the abattoirs and all of the other facilities, the same story with the poultry farms. They need to have power consistently uh, uh, on, on that space, not only just for the culling, but the poultry production in general. It's the same story with piggery. And if you think about the wool industry, at some point, they also need power dairy industry to run the milking parlors and the other facilities, they also depending um, on, on consistent uh, energy supply. Or if there is going to be load shedding, some that we have talked to, they say at least if it's at stage two, they can be able to plan accordingly. The minute you go beyond that, it becomes very difficult uh, to, to actually be able to plan. And over the past few days, we've seen that the crisis worsening and getting to stage six or so, which have caused quite uh, devastation. And I think at a primary level, some people already saw glimpses of this disruption. Uh, the past week, for example, News24 published an important essay 
or article where they were showing just the number of chicken that actually died in a couple of poultry farms because of the uh, energy shortages. And in the Northern Cape, we saw uh, wilting crops in some farmers um, that couldn't actually be able to irrigate some of their maize and stuff. So those are some of the glimpses in a few industries that we're seeing. And this is a challenge that is uh, spread across the country. It's not just the issue of the Northern Cape and some isolated areas, because this irrigation is quite spread across the country. And of course, in the food, uh, fiber and beverages value chain, uh, lots of high consumption of, of energy there. I mean, if you just think about it, uh, the milking um, parlors, the milling industry, bakeries, abattoirs, wine processing, packing houses, vaccine manufacturing, and, and all of those, uh, they need consistent supply of energy so that we're able to process that food and it's distributed. And it's what then many South Africans and the others find in their shelf. So there is a disruption at a farming level, but also within the supply chain. Of course, in the past week or so, many people didn't really see shortages of things in their shelf because there's a stock buildup that was done over the past few months, which has assisted us a lot um, over, uh, since the start of this month to smoothen the supplies. But if you were to see a constant interruption of power, then the effects of that would start to show uh, in the value chain as many people are unable to meet perhaps maybe the volumes that they typically produce uh, so that they meet our needs. So that's the worry that we are all looking at. And of course, some businesses probably, especially in the manufacturing space, have the power backup. But if you go, as I was saying, beyond stage two of load shedding, because those power backup are for supplementing energy for a shorter period and then go offline again and depend on a consistent um, on, on a supply, uh, energy supply from ESCOM. So those are the difficulties at which the folks uh, were speaking about. Now, the financial impact on farmers, agribusinesses, food companies, as well as the food security uh, risk extent, it's not quite clear. And I think it would be difficult to quantify. But the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, together with the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, have sent out a survey. We collected data from various businesses, so, which will assist us in getting a clear understanding of this. Now, we will be analyzing that data for much of this week to, to get a sense of that. And the uh, output of it will assist in the planning for businesses, government, and the others. And we'll see how much of that can be shared publicly. But that's the, 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 the issue now that we, we were busy uh, trying uh, to understand at this point. Now, as I was saying that these are all critical businesses for our food security need, but I think total exemption from load shedding, from what I can tell, is possibly going to be um, impossible for some. Many of these business and companies are technically linked to other localities and cannot be just insulated and say, okay, you're not going to load shed X, Y, Z, because they are communities and linked to, to, to another localities. I think technically it will be, it will be difficult, but ESCOM and the other engineers can talk about those things. But also the basic thing is that um, we, we have energy, uh, insufficient energy in, in the country. So that's the reality that we cannot really run, run away from. Now, with these challenges in mind, I think it will be useful for businesses to consider of saying, OK, let's look seriously in the alternative energy supply 
particularly in the food sector. And this will be a costly exercise. But I think it's important if we look at the news that are coming up, which show that we will be having load shedding for quite some time. So this would be a financial, financially difficult uh, uh, decision to take, but I think it's necessary for the consistent supply of the food products and the, and the sustainability of some of these businesses. Now, I'm also raising this issue because the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development issued a statement last week where they were saying after assessing these results that I was talking about in the survey, they will look at what interventions um, they can make on a regulatory interventions as well as on a financial um, interventions. So if there are regulatory stuff, for example, I've heard other people saying uh, the departments need to streamline the application processes under the subdivision of Agricultural Land Act as well as the Special Planning and Land Use Management Act, which is Bluma, to authorize land use for energy generation. So that's something that the department can do and allow those with resources to quickly be able to build up something that can assist them uh, in these critical uh, energy shortage time. And then some that want to put solar system and the others in primary agriculture and the likes. If they have financial shortages, maybe the department can think of the way of saying, how do you consider subsidizing solar panel, battery storage, and all of those things? So that's something that we need to be thinking about. And the department and private sector needs to be thinking about as some form of short-term interventions. But also continuous conversations with ESCOM about the planning of this, if we can be able to isolate areas that are heavily dependent on irrigation and have some sort of a planned uh, load shedding schedule for those areas. Those are some of the conversations that are yet to be had uh, by the organized agriculture group, the department um, and ESCOM and the others. Uh, but I think... All of this uh, means that um, as South Africa's uh, as, as food industry is actually at a critical level and all of this planning that I was talking about of the survey, the department, organized agriculture, it will need to be done swiftly, not an academic exercise, but something that can be quickly implementable because we do have some food security risks and concerns that we have at hand um, at this point. And this also means then that to the points that I mentioned at the start where I was saying we expect food prices or food price inflation to cool off this year to be at levels around about 5.5 and 6% from 9.5% in 2022. Uh, that means then the picture could change this year because these shortages of energy and installation of other forms of energy supply also increases the cost of food production in South Africa. And some businesses may not be able to absorb some of these costs. Because remember, as South Africa's consumer food price inflation in 2022 was averaging at 9.2%, many countries saw food price inflation of way higher than that. The South African businesses were able to absorb some of the costs because this was not a domestic issue. It was more of a global food security crisis linked to Russia, Energy, higher energy prices in general, China buying a lot of, of grains and the oil seeds, droughts in South America. So those were the global drivers of food prices in general uh, before. And now we have this new risk. So this means also that as at the global level, food prices are changing and cooling off from the higher levels of last year, we may not actually see the same trend domestically. So this is something that we, we need to be uh, watching. And I think that the food security conditions are actually going to be tough in the country 
if we don't find ways of supporting these businesses that are in the food sector to quickly put some alternative energy sources um, and manage the energy crisis uh, uh, in a slightly better way. But this is as much as um, of a difficulty for, for, for household and it is, as it is a food security uh, concern at this point. And I thought in this week's segment, it's important to flag some of these things. I, I know I didn't talk a lot about what are some of the things that the private sector is planning, government is planning, because in part of my former work, I'm also involved in some of these things. And it's best um, until there is a clearer view that has been well communicated to speak on some of those things. But I will stop there for now, because I thought uh, as this is a podcast for uh, where we explore issues that are, are affecting the agricultural economy, in the country and in the continent and globally at large, it's important that we talk about load shedding because, uh, or, 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 or blackouts because it is a, a serious issue for agriculture and the food industry in South Africa. And businesses are feeling the impact, farmers are feeling the impact, and the consumer over time, if issues are not addressed, they're going to start to feel the impact. It's increasingly going to be a food security risk um, at this point. Let me stop there and you can read more about some of the things that I write in my blog, which is www.wandilessitlobo.com. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Um, and you can also read in the organization that I work for on its uh, website, which is the www.agbiz.co.za, www.agbiz.co.za. Um, I will come back next week where we will look at some of the important themes of this sector or if we have further insights uh, about all of the work that is being done in this energy space in agriculture. Perhaps then we can share some more into that um, at that time. But let me stop there for now. Thank you so much for listening.